0: Hi, and welcome to Seba Stories. So, in this episode, I have a wonderful story written by an author going under the pen name of Undercover Warlock, and this story is called No More Secrets. Okay, so. We'll follow our usual format of me reading this story, and then we'll take a quick break. And this is a rather long story, so we might have um, a couple of breaks. We'll see how it goes. I'll try to do a straight read-through. I think you want to hear the whole story in whole because it's really quite wonderful. Um, let me give you some details about the story and where I found this. This is a story I found on Archive of Our Own, and what I really love about this particular fan fiction site is that you have the ability to download stories in a PDF format, so that makes reading a little bit easier, especially if you have older eyes like mine so um, This has a rating for general audiences, although there are some there is a little bit of harsh language here and there, but it's it's pretty straightforward. Uh, We do have characters of Sirius, Black, and Remus, Lupin, primarily um, as our main characters. And it looks like we are dealing with the Marauders and Madame Pomfrey or Poppy Pomfrey. And we have... A summary, and the summary, uh, as stated by the author, is: Sirius Black didn't know if he would be accepted for who he was. Little did he know that he wasn't the only one with the secret. And the author note: I kind of like this because it's cheeky, and I, I like, <laughs> I like writers that have, have some flair and attitude. It says characters belong to J.K. Rowling. Beside original character Madame Oliver. I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, Sirius Black is a trans boy. Try to convince me otherwise. So I read through this and I thought, okay, I'll buy it. Let's, let's check this out. I love the story. So um, let's get into the reading. And like I said, this is a longer piece, so we might break here or there. So let's look at or listen to No More Secrets, written by Undercover Warlock and we will begin this story now. First year, day one. Sirius heaved a sigh of relief when the sorting hat put him in Gryffindor. He could feel the weight of the older Slytherin's suspicious gazes, the ones who knew him as the eldest black child. They knew his heritage, knew he should be with them as the rest of his family had been. "'as he ran to join the Potter boy at the Gryffindor table, "'he tried to shut out the whispers rising from the Slytherin table. "'Black? Sirius Black? "'I didn't know they had a son his age. "'I thought, that's what I heard, too. "'I know they had the younger boy, Regulus, "'but I never heard of an older boy. "'I always thought... "'Sirius didn't correct James "'when the other boy referred to him with the he-him pronouns "'to the other Gryffindors at the table. "'All it did was make him smile.' No one had to know his secret just yet. That was until... Back in Gryffindor Tower. He stood between the entrances to the two dormitories, sweating as he looked from one to the other. James, turning in the doorway to the boys' dormitory, frowned at him. "'Everything all right there, Black?' Sirius swallowed hard. "'He was a Gryffindor, after all.' He stepped onto the first stair leading to the girls' dormitory. It immediately turned into a slide and there were shouts of hey and no poise allowed from above. Sirius stepped back and beamed. Yeah, he said to James, everything is great. Second year, day fifty two. It would be an understatement to say that Sirius was unhappy. He stared at himself in the mirror. He had known they would come eventually. But part of him had been holding out hope that maybe, by some miracle, they would not. He poked at the breaths beginning to form on his chest and sighed. He could bind them for the time being. No one had to know. Besides James, James always knew everything in Sirius's life, ever since he saw the scars on his body from years of black parenting. There was a knock on the bathroom door. Hurry up, Sirius. We're going to miss breakfast. Remus. Sirius pulled on his shirt and dead up his tie hastily, ignoring the uneven ends. Coming, he called. He caught his reflection's eye as he turned to go and shook his head. He would figure something out eventually. Until then, he could hide a secret a little while longer. Second year, day 135. Remus looked up from his book. The four of them were lounging by the fire. Remus curled up in the overstuffed armchair with his transfiguration textbook, James playing chess with Peter on the floor by the roaring fire, and Sirius sat on the couch surrounded by his charm's homework. "'You keep fidgeting,' Remus said matter-of-factly to Sirius, who at that very moment had readjusted his posture for the millionth time that evening. "'What's up?' Serius scowled at the other boy. Remus was not in the least bit intimidated. With his oversized sweater rolled up several times around his bony wrists, bags under his amber eyes, his tousled dark gold curls, Remus looked like nothing could surprise him. Rather, he looked like the world could end and he'd just go right to sleep. Sirius's scowl softened, and he turned it instead on the parchment in his lap. Nothing. Just bloody charms paper. Don't worry, Mother Hen, he grumbled. Remus narrowed his eyes. That's not it, Remus said, his voice so low the other boys wouldn't overhear. Did something happen over the winter See you, you keep tugging at your shirt. I said I'm fine, Sirius snapped. And James looked up from his game. Sirius flushed and waved him off. He ran a hand through his hair. He'd cut it short again to pass, much to the outrage of his mother. To Remus, who had recoiled only slightly at Sirius's outbursts, he added softly, I'm sorry. I'm just really tired, really. Don't worry about it. Remus pursed his lips but nodded. Okay, if you say so. Sirius sighed in relief. He busied himself with his charm's homework. A few minutes later, Remus noticed him adjust something under his shirt. Remus shook his head. When Sirius was ready, he would tell him. Or he'd bug James about it until he got the answer. Year Three, Day 217 The matron nurse, Madame Olivier, tutted over Cyrus. Sirius. "'The younger nurse-in-training looked from her to Sirius nervously. "'Sirius li- laid in the hospital bed, half propped up on his elbows and by the pillows. And "'He looked anywhere but at the two women. "'It is very common,' Madame Olivier said with a patronizing smile. "'Many young girls this age try to enhance their breasts with magic and don't succeed. "'It is not an easy thing to do, young lady.' man, and I wasn't even trying to enhance them. I was trying to get rid of them, Sirius growled. He looked down at the mess he had made of his chest. One breast had indeed shrunk, but it but it, and the other breast were now covered in weeping boils. His lip curled. If James hadn't insisted that he go to the hospital wing, he would have fixed it himself. He was sure of it. No, no, Miss Black, don't be silly. Nurse Pomfrey, "'Please watch as I perform this spell "'to return the rest to their normal size.' "'Wait!' Sirius protested, "'looking up at Madame Olivier. and Vere. "'I don't want them to go back to normal. "'I want them gone. "'Can't you just get rid of them? "'Don't be silly.' "'Madame, Olivia repot- repeated firmly. "'I know how it is at this age. "'Everything is strange and new for you, "'but in time you'll learn to appreciate... These aren't new, Sirius retorted, his voice equally firm. I've been dealing with this for over a year. I don't want them. Men don't have tits. But you are not a man, Miss Black, sighed Madame Olivier. Sirius flushed red as angry tears pricked at his eyes. Yes, I am, he snarled. Madame Olivier threw up her hands in exasperation listen I have other patients to attend to when you are ready to be treated let nurse Pomfrey know and she can come and get me in the meantime she said scowling at the petulant boy I suggest you grow up with that she stormed off, closing the privacy curtain behind her as she went to the next bed over. Sirius couldn't hear her address the other patient over the blood roaring in his ears. Nurse Pomfrey wrung her hands as she stood at his bedside. She opened and closed her mouth a couple of times. Sirius, noticing, barked, What? Do you have something to add? She bit her lip, straightened her apron. Well, Yes, she said in an undertone, but not to agree with Madame Olivier. I'm sure she has experience on her side, but in this case, she hesitated and looked over her shoulder before leaning towards Sirius conspiritually. I have been reading this medical journal, she whispered, about healing treatments for for people in your situation. "'There is a way to safely remove the breasts. "'I've read about it extensively, and I'm sure I could perform it, if you would let me.' Sirius's jaw dropped. "'You're joking,' he whispered back. "'How?' "'Nurse Pomfrey looked over her shoulder again to make sure Madame Olivier wasn't listening. "'The matron had just told the other patient off for not eating enough, "'and had moved on to another bed down the hall.' Cautiously, Nurse Pomfrey outlined the procedure to Sirius, and when she was done, Sirius beamed at her. "'Of course! Yes, I want that! When could you do it? Could you do it today?' Nurse Pomfrey smiled timidly back at him. "'I think so. I have to sneak the journal in here so I can review it during the procedure, but beyond that, I should be able to. Yes, I have all the ingredients for the numbing potion as well, but you have to be absolutely certain.' sirius nodded his eyes wide and eager yes i am one hundred percent certain please do anything you need to do and nurse pomfrey he added as she turned to leave thank you truly she smiled back of course she said healing's my job when she had left Sirius collapsed back against the pillows grinning ear to ear he was going to have his breasts removed he would never have to worry about them ever again and now that the weather was warming up for summer he could go down to the lake with the other boys and actually take his shirt off without having to make some stupid excuse about not wanting to swim with them he would have to ask Nurse Pomfrey if Nurse Pomfrey knew anything about changing his hormones but that was another step just then the curtains parted. Sirius jumped and sat up. Remus stood there in his pajamas, one arm in a sling and the other holding the privacy curtain open. His eyes were wide as he stared at Sirius's chest. Marlin's mother, what did you do? hissed Remus as he closed the curtains behind him. Sirius blushed and pulled the sheets up to hide his chest. It's nothing, he muttered. Just messed up a spell is all. What are you doing here? hurt my arm. Doesn't matter. Now, I'll ask again. What the bloody hell did you do to your chest? Remus demanded. He reached out with his good arm to try and wrestle the sheets off Sirius, but Sirius had the upper hand, literally. Leave it alone, Remus. This has nothing to do with you. It does if you're hurting yourself. I wasn't trying. Just leave me be, Remus. I'm fine. The hell you are. Remus stepped back, still glowering. He let out a huff, and then in a quiet voice, he asked, Is this because of your tits? Sirius's face went from scarlet to a deep burgundy as he spluttered at Remus. How? What? No, what? How did you? James told me, last year. Remus said. He sat down on the edge of Sirius's bed with a sigh. You were acting strange, and I was worried, so I pestered James until he told me. Well, and I agreed to do his history of magic homework for him for a month. Wow. I didn't realize my secrets could be bought for so little, Sirius grumbled. Remus let out a small chuckle. Don't blame him. I think I had become quite the nuisance by the time he finally gave in. I don't care, Sirius, he continued, looking up into Sirius's gray eyes. You're my best friend next to James. Peter's great and all, but he really doesn't hold a candle to you. Do you really think something like this would make me think any less of you? Sirius turned away so Remus couldn't see the tears welling up in his eyes. Remus sighed again and rested his good hand on Sirius's knee over the bedsheets. The supple touch almost made Sirius break down, but he held out. I'll tell you a secret if it makes you feel better, Remus said. Sirius turned back to him, wiping his eyes with the back of his hand. Sure, why not? Remus took a deep breath, closed his eyes as he steeled himself. I'm a werewolf, he said at last. Yeah, I knew that you'd get. Now what's the secret? Remus's eyes snapped open. Wait, what? He stuttered. What do you mean you know? Only the teachers and... Madam, Olivier, letter knows. Oh, that's bullshit, James, and I've known for ages. Did you really think you could hide it from us? I'm not the only one who has to deal with something every month. It was Remus's turn to blush. I'm just going to ignore that last comment, he mumbled. Then, looking back up at Sirius, he furrowed his brow and asked, Why didn't you ever tell me? It would have saved me trying to make up an excuse every month. Peter, You might want to break the news to him. James and I will even be there when you pretend to be shocked so he doesn't feel left out. Sirius suggested with a grin. Remus rolled his eyes but smiled back. They were silent for a moment. Remus moved the thumb of his hand over Sirius's knee in little circles absent-mindedly. Sirius ignored the way his stomach tightened at the feeling. Years of abuse made him sensitive to any form of physical affection. He told himself. Just last week, James had used him as a pillow while they studied, and his heart had almost burst out of his chest, never mind that this felt different. Finally, Remus broke the silence. Now you see why it was so hurt you hadn't told me, he said gently. I get it, but it still hurts that you tried to hide it. You're my friend, Sirius. Yeah, Sirius said with a sigh. I see that now. They shared a small smile, but at that moment, Nurse Pomfrey returned with the medical journal and potion bottle full of a strange dark liquid. Seeing Remus there was serious. Her excited smile became a look of confused concern. Oh, Mr. Lupin! Shouldn't you be resting? she asked. She tried to hide the journal behind her back. It's fine, Nurse. "'said Sirius. "'He covered Remus's hand with his own "'and gave it a quick squeeze. "'He knows. "'Oh. "'In that case, "'she stopped trying to hide the journal "'and instead handed Sirius the potion. "'You should still go back to your bed, Mr. Lupin. "'This won't be a pretty procedure.' "'Remus set his jaw and stared, Nurse Pomfrey down. "'I'll stay,' he said, "'his voice firm and resolute. "'I'm not used to pretty procedures.' In that moment, Sirius fell head over heels in love. Summer, year five, six. Sirius turned over in his sleeping bag and propped himself up on one elbow. James had taken off his glasses and was about to turn off the bedside table lamp, but was now waiting for Sirius to speak. Thank you. Sirius said Sirius, he pushed his now shoulder length hair out of his face with his free hand, for letting me stay here really. I didn't know where else to go. Of course, said James bemused. You're my brother. How can I say no? Sirius grinned. He was his brother. "'It had been years since he had finally caved and explained his identity to James. "'It had been in the middle of the night in their first year "'and Sirius had sat across from James and the other boys' four-poster "'with the curtains closed, before either of them had learned about silencing spells. "'James had been half-asleep, and when Sirius finished talking, "'all he had said was, "'Merlin, that's what you woke me up for. Could a bed you get.' And when Sirius asked if he was really okay with it, James had rolled his eyes. Of course I'm okay with it. The way I see it, you're my brother. And I love you for who you are, okay? Now let me go to sleep or I'll hick you. Now, here he was, laying on James's bedroom floor in his parents' house, out in the countryside, surrounded by the constant smell of incense and turmeric like it was just another Tuesday. The potters hadn't asked any questions when he had appeared in their fireplace with his trunk in one hand and bleeding upper lip. They had just called for James and set about making him a cup of chai. That was all the conversation they needed to have for Sirius to move in with them. James turned off the light. Sirius laid back down, his hands behind his head as he stared up at the ceiling. Then a thought occurred to him. James? Yeah, came James's weary voice. I was thinking, yeah, about Remus. James groaned, What about Remus? We should become an Imagi. The light turned back on. Sirius looked up at James, who had propped himself up and was frowning in confusion at him. I mean, I'm interested, but why? Where is this coming from, asked James. I was thinking that Remus could use the help, you know, on full moons and whatnot. James considered this for a moment. Huh? Yeah, that's a great idea, Sirius. Shouldn't be too hard, should it? That's what I was thinking. Hmm. We can look into it in the morning. In the meantime, good night, Sirius. Night, James. It would take them a year to become anime guy, but the look on Remus's face when they showed him at long last was worth it. Winter holiday, year six. Remus was supposed to go home early that morning. He had come to visit James and Sirius at the potter's house for a week, but a couple days in he had gotten an owl from his parents to come home because his father was ill. I'm sure it's nothing, he told the other two as he re-read re- re- read the letter to them. Mum just gets nervous about these things ever since, well... Anyways, I'll try and come back as soon as I can before Christmas. So he'd packed his bags that evening and had dragged them down to the kitchen in the morning. Sirius came down, still in his pajamas, to see him off. Remus was wearing one of his patented two big sweaters, even though he had grown several inches in the past couple of years and was finding it hard to find anything oversized. Sirius sleepily watched him wrap a scarf around his neck and check for the fiftieth time that he had everything. Finally, he turned to Sirius with a smile. "'Well, I guess that's me set,' he said. Sirius blinked. So soon, he thought, that Remus would be back, he promised. And he was still standing there wavering on the hearthstone. He was looking at Sirius in a way Sirius couldn't quite figure out. Was it longing? Then, without warning, Remus came up to him, and, tilting Sirius's chin up with a gentle hand, kissed him quickly on the lips. He pulled back just a fraction and whispered, "'See you soon,' before turning away, grabbing his things, and making his way into the fireplace with a handful of flue powder. He smiled at Sirius's stunned face. He chuckled, waved, and was gone in a rush of green flames." Sirius sat there frozen for an hour until James came down for breakfast. You look like you saw a ghost, said James by way of greeting. Was it Matilda? She pops up now and again, but mainly she sticks to the solar. Sirius beamed. Nah, mate, he replied. Just an early Christmas gift for Mooney is all. Remus did come back a couple of days later, but said he could only stay for the weekend before he had to go back home. There was a new shadow in his eyes, a tightness in his lips, and a tremor in his hand. Sirius saw all of this and said nothing, just kept an eye on the gangly boy who kept biting his nails and worrying at a hole in his jumper. The three of them got got up to their usual antics. (laughs) Snowball fights in the garden, stealing mince pies from the kitchen when Mrs. Potter wasn't looking, working on the map in James's room but every time Sirius snuck a look at Remus, he'd see the smile fade, and the no biting start anew. Still Sirius said nothing. Then, that night, Sirius heard Remus get up and sneak out of James's room. Sirius put his slippers and bathroom on bathrobe on, and followed. He found Remus sitting in the garden, on the snow covered bench, The light of the half-moon illuminated his hunched form as he sat there in silence. Sirius hesitated in the doorway, unsure if he should leave the boy alone. Then he heard Remus say in a low voice, "'I know you're there, Sirius. Werewolf, remember?' Sirius let out a breath he hadn't realized he'd been holding. He closed the door behind him as he came over to the bench. Remus shoved some more snow off the bench and patted it in an invitation. Sirius sat down next to him, dramatically pulling his robe tight around him. "'It's bloody freezing, you know,' he told Remus. Remus let out a huff. It hung in a cloud in the air as if to make Sirius's point. "'You didn't have to come,' Remus argued. Sirius rolled his eyes. "'Yeah, well, you were acting odd.' "'Had to make sure you weren't up to something nefarious out here,' he said. "'He looked over at Remus with a frown. "'The other boy hung his head to hide his shaky smile. "'Is this about what happened when you left?' Sirius asked, "'finally voicing the worry that had been nibbling at the back of his mind all day. "'Because if it is, no, that's not. "'I just wanted to say I actually quite liked it. "'Could get used to it, if you know what I mean.' Famous laughed at Sirius's rush of words, shook his head, and the moonlight his golden curls took on a tarnished hue. No, he said again, that's not it. His smile faded into a worried frown, and he wrung his hands in his lap. He took a shaky breath and said, "My dad has cancer. That's why Mom had me come home. I just wanted to come and see you." James, but mainly you, one more time before Christmas, especially after I um ravished me with your lips, he chuckled. Don't get ahead of yourself, he scolded teasingly, but again the smile only lasted a moment. Sirius felt his heart twist at the pain on the other boy's face. He scooted closer to Remus so he could lay his hand on Remus's thigh, just like Remus had done all those years ago. Remus bit his lip. I'm here for you, Moons. You know that. James and I are both here for you. Sirius said in a soft voice. Remus nodded and scrubbed away at the tears building in his eyes. I know, he said with a broken sigh. I know, it's... I just... There's nothing I can do, you know? No magic can fix it, and the muggle doctors don't know how to treat it. It just feel so bloody useless. Hey, Sirius Gave, Remus's, Diisquase, hey, it's going to be okay. They're discovering all sorts of things these days. Madame Pomfrey was able to find a way to change my hormones, and they're making all sorts of findings when it comes to treating your furry little problem. They still haven't found a cure for James's big-headedness, but I'm afraid, and... Remus laughed at this and Sirius smiled. The point is, I'm sure it'll all turn out okay. You don't know that, Remus said thickly. Sirius turned to face him and took Remus's hand in his hand so that he could look the other boy straight in the eye. Yes, Sirius said, I do know that. You know why? Remus shook his head, curls sliding between Sirius's fingers like silk. "'because you are the best and brightest person I know, "'and I'm not going to let anything hurt you, "'not even your dad's cancer.' "'Remus smiled through the tears "'starting to slip down his cheeks. "'He turned his head to press a kiss into Sirius's palm. "'Sirius's breath caught in his throat. "'You're an idiot,' murmured Remus with a smile. "'Yeah,' Sirius conceded. "'But I'm your idiot.' Remus met his gaze again, and Sirius smiled at the old twinkle he saw rekindled there. He leaned forward and pressed his lips to Remus's. When Remus kissed him back, Sirius forgot how cold he was. Here, in Remus's arms, he was warm, he was loved, he was happy. When Remus pulled away, Sirius tried to follow his lips, not ready for the moment to end. Remus grinned against the other boy's mouth. Happy Christmas, you idiot, he murmured. Stop being sweet and kiss me, Sirius growled, and so he did. They tried to hide it from James. James, however, wasn't as dense as he let on. You can stop being coy with each other, he said. Remus and Sirius, who had been stealing glances at each other and trying to hide their embarrassed smiles, dropped by the biscuits they had been decorating. What are you talking about? Sirius stuttered. Remus blushed deep scarlet and focused all his attention on his gingerbread man. James rolled his eyes. Listen, he said, I'm happy for you, two. You've been tiptoeing around each other for years now, but honestly, it's insulting that you're trying to hide it. Sirius opened and closed his mouth like a proverbial fish out of water. Hide what? What are you... It's not... bad. Yeah, he knows, Remus said, not looking up to Miss Gingerbread Man. Knows what? I don't know what you're talking about. Sirius, come on. Remus shook his head, and Sirius relaxed when he saw the other boy smile. He's right. Besides, we shouldn't hide anything from each other, it never works. After that Remus told James about his dad's cancer and let Sirius cuddle with him, even when James made a face and told them to get a room. Remus was supposed to leave that evening, but Sirius and James managed to convince him to stay one more night. They stayed up late talking. When James finally turned off the light and fell asleep, Remus started to crawl into Sirius's sleeping bag. Hey, be careful, you're too big for this, Sirius hissed. Remus gave him a cheeky grin and pulled Sirius into his arms as he rolled onto his back. Sprawled across him, Sirius had to admit they fit just fine in the one sleeping bag. He rested his chin on Remus's bare chest. He always ran hot, and he could never sleep with a shirt on, even in winter, and looked up at the other boy. Remus, one hand behind his head to prop him up while the other played with Sirius's hair, smiled down at him. "'Let me enjoy this, would you?' Remus murmured. "'It'll be hard to hide this back at Hogwarts, so just have this, okay?' Sirius frowned. "'What do you mean?' "'Hide this,' he whispered. "'He folded his hands behind his chin and cocked an eyebrow at Remus. "'It's not like people would care, would they? "'Everyone in my family already hates me, and everyone else loves you. "'Why would they make a fuss?' "'Remus sighed as he lowered his head down. "'He continued to card his fingers through Sirius' hair. "'Sirius humming contentedly. "'Finally he said, "'Sirius, it's not that simple, is it, though? "'Everyone's accepted you're a boy.' but two boys together? I don't know if either the Muggle or the Wizarding World is quite ready for that. Did you ever hear about the Stonewall Riots? They happened in New York City some years back. A bunch of guys and drag queens fought back against police brutality, and they're still fighting to this day. Sure, there's pride marches and all, but that's all in the Muggle World. Can you imagine that ever happening in the Wizarding World? think about it. People are still getting abused for being muggle-born. Sirius was quiet for a long time at this. He closed his eyes, relaxing into Remus's touch. Finally, he sat up bracing his hands on either side of Remus's head so that he could lean over him. Remus's breath caught in his throat. His hands came to rest on the small of Sirius's back. Sirius shivered At his touch but gave Remus a cheeky smile. You're probably right, Sirius began, but we're the marauders. We're not going to let baggots stop us from being happy, are we? Remus rolled his eyes at him but smiled back nonetheless. I guess you're right, he murmured. His fingers snuck under the hem of Sirius's shirt to press against the skin of his back. Sirius shivered again as he lowered himself down to his elbows, his face inches away from Remus's, their breasts mingled in the space between them. "'You're ridiculous, though. You know that, right?' Remus whispered. "'No, I'm serious," he corrected with a grin. Remus chuckled. "'Idiot. You're idiot!' With that, Sirius leaned down and kissed Remus, who gasped against his lips and ran his hands up under Sirius's shirt. Sirius nibbled at Remus's lower lip, licking into his mouth when Remus moaned. Remus ran his nails down Sirius's back, who shuddered at the pleasure of the gentle scratch. Keep it down, you two, they heard from the bed. They froze. Some of us are trying to sleep. James continued in a sleepy grumble. Sorry, James, they said in unison. Yeah, yeah, James mumbled. They heard the squeak of bed springs as James rolled over in his bed. Sirius buried his face against Remus's neck as he tried to stifle his giggles. Stop it, you'll make me laugh, Remus whispered. But Sirius could already hear the smile in his voice. To distract them both, he started to lick and suck at the skin of Remus's neck. Remus squirmed beneath him. What did I just say? James snapped. Go the fuck to sleep. Sorry, James. All right, my dear friends. And that was the end of this wonderful story. So we're going to take a quick break. And then I will join you again, and we will commentary this story called "No More Secrets" by Undercover Warlock. So stay tuned. Hi, and welcome back to Sepa Stories. All right, so now is where we do the commentary for "No More Secrets," written by Undercover Warlock. Um. If you were wanting to skip the commentary section and go on to our next recorded story, you would be welcome to do that at this time. If you'd like to stick around for the commentary, please hang in here with us, and we're going to talk about No More Secrets now. All right, so I love the story. And before I even start uh, doing a commentary, I do want to recall back to our episode one which talks about what is fan fiction. And fan fiction is a piece of writing written by someone who has such a love or appreciation for a piece of media, whether it's book, movie, film, song, piece of poetry, um, artwork, that it inspires a lover or a, a fan of that work to be inspired by and to write something and tribute to and respect of those original characters or constructs. So um, so that really is our very quick definition of what fan fiction is. And to further elaborate, I think fan fiction, as we have so many incredibly wonderful, talented writers who are writing about everything, I mean literally everything. If you read fan fiction, and I've been reading fan fiction now probably going... Oh, do I dare say 10 years? (laughs) This podcast is really just new, but I've been reading fan fiction, I think, since First Stories started to be published and put out there, you know, for sharing. Um, I can tell you that it is absolutely all-inclusive because it is coming from so many different people, and I think that's what makes fan fiction really special and different and wonderful. So yes, this is absolutely a story about Sirius Black um, as a trans boy transforming um, himself into, you know, uh, Sirius Black who wasn't a boy into a boy. And I thought the story was a marvelous vehicle to show some of the worries that, you know, this character was going through, even just starting school and being put into Gryffindor and then um, the Slytherins who who knew his family you know because he's an old wizarding family I liked that they would be uh, whispering and talking you know and and he goes with fear and trepidation to the Gryffindor table but with bravery and James he has, who becomes you know one of his best friends doesn't see him as anything other than who Sirius wants to be which is he him and you know, when later on, when they're in the Gryffindor common room, and it's time for bedtime, and, and James is like, you know, is everything okay? What's up? You know, And, and he's trying to, to debate whether or not to go to the girl's dormitory, and he puts his foot on the step, and the staircase turns into a slide. I thought that was wonderful and a beautiful detail because it's showing in the story that the castle is recognizing that Sirius is who he wants to be. Kind of like the wand chooses a wizard, the castle is recognizing the character, and I thought, or the student, I thought, oh, that's really well done. That's really well done. So for me, as a lover of fan fiction, I know that one of the cardinal rules in writing, and as I've studied literature and creative writing and technical writing, that, that's that was my college major, one of my college majors, when I was in school and in university. um, I wanted to study English and literature, and I had many teachers. It's like a cardinal rule. The cardinal rule is for every writer to write about what you know. And so the story, it does have an end author's note which says, as a trans person myself, a lot of serious struggles with his presentation and identity come from my own experience. And I thought that as I was reading the story before I got to that end note, as I was reading I thought this is authentic, this has a voice, this is coming from a place that there is knowledge here and some of that is really relevant especially when we get into (laughs) the second year when the Sirius character is starting to grow breasts and all of a sudden you're looking at what this trans situation is for Sirius and the aspect that his body is developing in a way that he really doesn't want it to, and the discomfort of not only having your body change and you're growing and developing from a child into an adult, but then to have this on top of that, I thought this was really well done, and thank you for sharing what that experience, you know, might feel like for this character in this story. And like I said, this came out, very authentic. So then you have, you know, of course, Remus kind of seeing that his friend's uncomfortable, and of course this leads further on to Sirius almost mutilating himself, trying to remove his breasts, and instead, you know, causing this horrible boil breakout. and ends him up in the hospital wing. Well, you have Madame Olivier, and you've got Madame Pomfrey, And you've got one healer who's being very rigid, no, 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 you must be, you know, what you are. And then you have Madame Pomfrey willing to listen and really hear what her patient's needs truly are. And I thought that that was a very nice compare and contrast between the two healers. And I loved that... Madame Pomfrey says that's what a healer does I'm paraphrasing the sentence healing she smiles back of course she said healing's my job so I thought that that was also another really well written detail so I like how when Remus sneaks in to see Sirius and of course the breasts are there and he's all hurt and exposed you know Sirius is, is mortified that Remus has seen him this way because you could tell he's kind of developing a crush. And you have this secret unfold between the two of them that, yes, Sirius is in the process of becoming he from she, but becoming he identifies as he. Remus has never seen Sirius in any other way, regardless of what's happening with Sirius's body. He loves his friend for who his friend is. That is is the being right there, um I love how Remus says, I've got a secret now I'm a werewolf, and it's like, well, we already knew that, and so <laughs> and I love that this you know it's kind of like um they're they're keeping secrets from each other, but it's not a secret at all. I liked how real and authentic this came across. You know, the dialogue is really well-written. I love the humor of Sirius and Remus, you know, together. I'm your idiot. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. And I I thought that banter is playful and they're young and you can hear and feel that in the story. I love um, the closeness that develops between Sirius and of course Remus. I like the physical description of Remus with the uh, golden colored eyes and his kind of wolfy nature and how they become Animagus uh, or Animagi for for Remus to be able to transform with him how they make that decision. So I, I do like how things unfold but with this spin of the serious character I thought it brought a bit of depth and a different type of of taken view on on this story that we kind of know happens from the Canon, but this is taking it in a different direction, still with the same, you know, what we're serious as serious as Harry's Godfather. But this is kind of an interesting and different view of that kind of origin story. and I love it. I think this is a fun story. It's a fun story. It's a poignant story. I think it's a relevant story. And I love James, you know, just kind of like, you know, really a part of their group and friendly and accepting. Um, you don't hear a lot about Peter, but that's fine. He's not really relevant in this. And of course, then you have the event of Remus's father developing cancer, which I think really brings the Sirius and Remus uh, characters together even closer. So that now, that you know, they're, they're in a more romantic relationship. That Sirius is being there for Remus and feels like he is able to be there and can pay back the support he received when his body was being transformed. So I thought that that was romantic and well done. And it worked for me as a reader for this story. So in fan fiction, sometimes... Not every story is for everybody. I read stories on Sepa Stories that sometimes have Hermione and Severus Snape together and that's a really unusual pairing, especially if there's an age difference. Sometimes I read where you have stories where you have Draco and Hermione together, and that's a really unusual pairing because one's a was <laughs> a bigoted person and the other one is the complete other opposite. Um, I have read stories where we have had gay uh, pairings. I have a story that I'm trying to get permissions for, where I have a pansy and um, Hermione story together. You know, and so the thing about fan fiction is that you can see stories and characters be put together and changed out and constructs built. And when I say in fan fiction, there is something for everybody. That really is no lie. Fan fiction is so amazingly inclusive and that's what I love about this story. This is a perfect example of of the inclusiveness of what fan fiction is. So I know that this is a trans-based story and I think it works and I think it's relevant and I wanted to represent this story and this podcast for just what it is. And I know that in more recent events, I think Rowling had posted a tweet that, you know, very much disappointed, you know, many of her fans and, and followers. And I can't say I've seen the tweet. I don't, I haven't seen the tweet to know what was said with any intelligence to offer any opinion or commentary or personal view on it. What I can say is that in this podcast there is something for everyone? I do believe fan fiction is all inclusive, especially um, our characters. You know, are are literally from all walks of life, and then so and this is a wizarding world, right? And you know, you've got. You've got all kinds of combinations of characters. You've got all kinds of relationships, all kinds of tropes, which are types of stories or sittings or a venue of stories. And then you have stories that, you know, kind of reflect what's happening in the real world. And I think the story is doing that. Um, I have friends who are, are trans, and I support their struggle. I have empathy for the challenges that they face every day of just trying to be who they are and here's my two moments or two minutes of preaching coming up you can fast-forward past this if you would like but I think if more people just simply accepted each other for who they were or are skin color shouldn't matter your preferences and who you marry or who you love shouldn't matter um shouldn't matter how you view yourself in your place in the world you know if you were born a woman but you see yourself as a man and you're living your life to your best ability it's nobody's business that's your business and it's your story you know if if you have two women living together or two men well you know what That's fine. You know, it's to me personally. In my personal world, um, I'm doing me, you do you. And we all share this planet and we all breathe the same air. (laughs) And, you know, we have existed as a race of creatures and beings on this planet that we know about for 2,000 years or more. You know, that's just science. And, you know, we'll be here hopefully for a lot longer if we can all learn to live with each other. And I think it's really important that instead of seeing the differences in each other, we start seeing the similarities in each other. We're all people. We're all just trying to do our best every day. And... I don't want to take off your plate. And if you're hungry and you want something off of my plate, I'm happy to share. But I, you know, I look at it that way. I think we all need to help each other a little more and not hurt each other. So if me having blue hair one day is me doing me and you hate blue hair, well, I'm sorry, but I have a right to enjoy my blue hair it doesn't mean I'm gonna love you any less and it doesn't mean that I'm any less a person because I'm a blue hair it just means I really like blue hair and at the end of the day if you had a flat tire on the side of the road and there's a tornado coming I'm probably gonna pull over and offer you a lift or try to help you because that's what people should do you do the right thing so I think we need to put our I think we need to put our judgments aside and open our hearts more to just seeing the beauty inside each and every one of us. And we can have a happier world, maybe. We've got to let go of a lot of our own prejudices and our judgments of each other, I think, to get to that point. And that's probably going to take a really long time. But as long as we have people willing to write stories that mean something, we might get there. We just might get there. After all, what else is there? You know, there's here and now, and the moment we're in. So that's it for my preaching. If you don't agree with what I'm saying, I'm not going to hold it against you, and don't hold it against me. I'm here to bring you great fan fiction. That's what this podcast is all about. I'm not here to make a political statement. I'm certainly not here to promote or to abuse or disabuse um, a way of life or a viewpoint. I'm not here to disparage or promote any one faith or religion over another. I'm here to share really cool, awesome fan fiction. <laughs> that's, that's what this is all about. If you take something away from that that's a little bit more or a little bit less, then, then that's what you do but I have great stories and I have probably upcoming about nine more episodes already booked and waiting to go and I've got some amazing stories coming up I encourage you to check out more of Undercover Warlock's writing I have that other story I'm hoping I can get permissions for because I really like it and I can't wait to share it um, this was No More Secrets and like I said I found this on Archive of Our Own get out there, check out this writer's stories. This writer knows how to write. And I really have to say very much that I really appreciate your bravery in reaching out to me and asking me to look at the story and to consider reading this. Honey, you didn't have to ask. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought this to my attention. I This is definitely a story that I would be... And am happy and honored to have on Seppa Stories. And I'm looking forward to your other writing as well. So with that, listeners, thank you very much for tuning in to Seppa Stories and hanging out for this commentary. If you have, our next story is a Severus Snape Lily Potter story. And it's kind of dark and delicious. So I kind of hope you like it. And um, we will see you next time. So thank you for listening to Succa Stories. Give me a follow, please. Give me a share if you like this story or you want to hear more. If you would like to um, suggest other stories, message me, email me. Um, We will definitely try to find what you're needing and feed that need. So until next time, thank you so much for listening to Sepa stories. You're the whole reason we're putting these stories out here is to give you listening pleasure. So with that, we will see you next time. All right, guys. Have a great evening or day or whatever. You do you. Make it a beautiful moment. Bye.